Nick fucking Cage. Guys, it is Nick Cage month here at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. This is the first time we're doing something like this, and I am so excited. I'm Max Steele, and as always, I am joined by the man who on record has told me that he sexually identifies as a cat, and that is, of course, the one, the only, Mr. Michael Flaherty. Mike, are you excited for Nick Cage month? Dude, Nick Cage is making me go meow. That's all I gotta fucking say. No, no. I'm just like, you're just like not even denying it. You're just like, okay, this is me now. Hey, hey the rule, the rule of the rule of improv. Yes, and yes, and no. Uh, yeah, no. I'm good, man. I'm 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 pumped. I'm pumped for Nick Cage month. This this beautiful this beautiful insane man has blessed cinema, and it's just a crime to not speak of him. Yes, being a movie related podcast, it was just a matter of time before we get on to talking about Nick Cage, and I am excited to explore all of the different facets of Nick Cage, the mainstream Nick Cage, the schlocky Nick Cage, the enigma Nick Cage, to maybe even the self-aware Nick Cage. We're going to be covering all that and more. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm here I'm, for I'm, it. I'm pumped. I'm right behind you, man. I am. I am, dude. If, if there's anyone who's in Nick Cage's corner, being a fucking cheerleader with pom poms, it's me, man. This, bro, bro, I'm right there with you. I was. I. You know, I once had somebody like compare me to Nick Cage, and I was like, all right, I can just die now. I, yeah, I can you're like happy man. You would. You would. That is about the closest thing to like praise i have ever gotten that i was like that was better than my parents hugging me and saying i'm proud of you <laughs> you hear that dad <laughs> screw you dad <laughs> someone called me nick kane <laughs> well guys there is no better way to kick off nick cage month than by talking about the 2006 horror film the Wicker Man. Oh shit, man! I'm here. I'm ready. I've seen the memes. I've seen the videos. I've I've heard not the bees. I'm ready. <laughs> now, Mike, you have actually seen the original Wicker Man. Yes, yes. I. You know what? I. I. When I was in the latter half of high school, a bunch of my buddies and I we gathered together and we drafted a like pretty comprehensive list of just some of the best horror movies or just best movies mm -hmm. to have been released in cinema in the 21st, 20th century. And Wicker Man came on our list and we, but we all watched it and that was such a like really powerful movie. And then we all turned to each other and went, but you know, Nick Cage may remade it. <laughs> and we all went, well, now we got to see it, <laughs> but we, well, we didn't get to, see, I didn't get to see it up until, up until this watching. So I went into it fresh eyes and just ready compared to comparing it to uh, the original. You just had the full gamut of experiences with this movie. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I see. I, I, I had already I had already had like the Wicker Man sort of established to me. And then I also had just. I, I I had Nick Cage as a person ingrained in my brain when I first saw National Treasure. And then also saw like knowing 
Mm-hmm. And I saw and went, man, this guy can do it both. This guy can make a shitty movie and an amazing movie. This guy can just do whatever the fuck he wants, whenever the fuck he wants. Absolutely. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. Nick Cage as an actor is just, just, just amazing. Just, just pure joy. Now, while researching this movie, I came across this piece of information. Now, again, this is Nick Cage month, but I was surprised to learn that another person considered for the lead role was Liam Neeson. See, see, normally I would have this big reaction like, whoa, Liam Neeson. Like but when I told I'm you like, the Steve Mnuchin and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like when you told me that fucking the, the, the lady in uh, in what's Me-U it called? Madness. Me You Madness. It was was married to Steve Mnuchin. That was that floored that unironically sent me. But no, this 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 is less surprising mm-hmm. just because we've all we all all of us who have watched Taken all have sat there and quietly agreed that like Liam Neeson is also one of those people who's like willing to do whatever movie as long as it pays pretty well. Mm-hmm. And Taken was 100% one of those movies that just turned out to be good by accident. Like, uh, you see, now I'm just imagining like Liam Neeson doing the whole like, not the bees, not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a guy with this thick Scottish accent go, not the bees, not, not the bees. bees. <laughs> that would be, it's just, he also doesn't react as harshly as Nick Cage does. He's not as over the top. Liam Neeson is a much more subtle actor, which, yeah. Again, when you think of the movie The Wicker Man from 2006, the last thing you think is subtlety. Yeah, yeah, you're just like you're like you're like how do we quietly uh make this clear to the to the to the to the audience? Like they're like how do we how do we make sure the audience like picks this up on their own without us telling? No, there's they're about as subtle as a fucking sludge hammer. Like it's No. Yeah, and another thing I learned while researching for this movie is that there's actually a similarity between this movie and Bucky Larson, the bane of our existence. I want to hear this. I, I want to hear how this is related to Bucky Larson. It's not, it's not in like a, you know, Nick Swartzen was in the background. Or <laughs> I was about to say. It wasn't that. I want to make that very good. Tamper your expectations, guys. Bucky Larson was one of the laborers <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Bucky Larson was actually Nick Cage. No, not the bees, not the bees. I was about to say Nick Swordson playing Bucky Larson, playing Nick Cage's character. And then, like whenever he's screaming "Not the bees," he just like comes everywhere. I was about to say he's just he just he just like reflexively ejaculates. No, it's the fact that both the Wicker Man and Bucky Larson were not screened ahead for critics. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. No, again, again, none of this surprises me. With like Bucky Larson, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? That's yeah. <laughs> with with Wicker Man, I I hear that. I hear that, and I go, again, yeah, that's that sounds all right. Like <laughs> after watching this movie, I wouldn't want this screen for critics either. I would just sit there and just go, yeah, you know what? Let's just get a few idiots in here. Like let's just, you know what? Let's just. Let's, let's just see who we can con. Let's just get like a couple of, you know, high schoolers who know absolutely nothing about movies going on their first awkward date. And they're like, oh, we'll go see the Wicker Man thinking it's going to be scary. And then they yeah. just have an awkward car ride mm-hmm. home. And they're like, so 
Yeah, um, like bees. They, they, like they like <laughs> bees. No, like they have the option between like between like but they, it's like it's like every high schooler's like hardcore horror movie is mm-hmm. like it's always like Saw or something else. And they're and like in this case it was the Wicker Man, but they're too wimpy to see Saw, so they're like, ah, we're going we're gonna go see the Wicker Man because that's hardcore. And they just see this atrocity. <laughs> now before we get started with the movie, I wanted to ask a question and you know, just kind of see what your thoughts on it are. Is this movie actually good if you don't view it as a horror movie? And you instead view it as a black comedy. Uh, my answer to the court is no. Good. I'd, I'd, I, I'm just sitting there just thinking to myself, like, is like even like like we already talked about this before we started recording, but like. The movie up to a certain point is actually pretty goddamn boring. You're mm-hmm. kind of just watching them wander around and everyone acts everyone acts like C3PO except for Nick Cage who acts way too hard. So it's just this interaction between like between like a goofy gelatin man who's like spazzing around and then C3PO with a stick up his ass. So it's just it's just really weird and boring and confusing and then like the last like 25 minutes of the movie are just balls to the wall so it's just so no i wouldn't view it as a black comedy granted if you shaved it down to the last 25 minutes that shit is just a comedy it's just just a comedy now i do think there are some moments especially like at the very beginning which we'll we'll get into of like nick cage having visions and then this little girl like getting hit by a hit by a truck and mm-hmm. then also like the snap zoo, which we're going to get into all of that. So it does have its moments in the beginning. But again, what you primarily see in the memes of this movie are in the last 25 minutes. And the rest oh, yeah. just kind of build up and the occasional <laughs> cackle from me. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like the initial, like the first, like that's that's another big problem. Is this movie's over an hour and a half long, which is just a real painstaking for a bad movie. And as a result of that, like you're 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 somebody, because you know Nick Cage, you know not the bees. So mm-hmm. you're like you're like oh this movie next level. And like the first hour, you're like. Man, outside of the occasional chuckle, like nothing's going on. <laughs> like I am, I am bored, and everyone sucks at acting. <laughs> so now we're gonna get to the ever important question, Mike. If this Nick Cage movie were a drink, what would it be, and why? See, see, I put a little bit of effort into this. Wow, he's I actually did. putting in effort. I know, I know. It's it's very it's very uncharacteristic of me with this podcast. I, I usually just paint really, really like intense word pictures that just I hope like could you, you like, describe a situation that you may or may not have been in. Exactly, exactly. It's it's just it's all situational alcohol based things. But this one is like this one I'm gonna do my best. It's still gonna be situational, but it's also gonna be like it's I'm also gonna put some work into it. So for this I'm trying to th- I like I thought of like I was, I, I was racking my head on what's a very sort of live laugh love sort of like flowery drink 
And it all comes down to like tropical like cocktails, which I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I would sit there and just like pick that out. So I was like, okay, well, what's an old school cocktail that's like actually really good, stood the test of time. Maybe it's a little fruity or something like that. And I was like thinking like like a like maybe like a martini. It's not fruity, but like a martini is like an old classic cocktail. And like in this instance, in you you have all of the accoutrement for a martini, but everything is like 50 years old because the last time a martini was made, you're using ingredients from the from the 70s. But you're like, hey. The last time this was made, it was really good. So let's just use the same ingredients. But then you go, but we need more to this. We can't dress. We have to dress it up differently. So you add extra shit to it. But it's a martini. You shouldn't add extra shit to it. But nonetheless, you do. And as a result, it's this confusing mess of a fucking drink that you just have to like intake. And the entire time you're just. You're like, there was something here, but you added way too much, and the stuff you had was too old. So it's just this, it's, yeah, it's just this big, like, just like smorgasbord of no. (laughs) You see, I'm guessing you're taking it from the perspective of seeing the original Wicker Man. Exactly. That's exactly where I'm coming from. You had me confused in the first half. I'm not, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying I agree, but like I'm saying like I get where you're going yeah, with it's, it. It's you're using it's like a, it's like you have a martini. And you know a martini works. But that but you want to make more from it. Mm-hmm. When you don't when all you need to do really is just to is just to make it again with new ingredients. But you don't change any of the old ingredients and you just add more shit to it thinking that adding things will mask the fact that you haven't changed shit <laughs> and it okay. just makes it bad okay you i was confused at first but i think th- i think you brought me around i, th- I think exactly. I, see, I think i see where you're coming from yeah yeah you, yeah you're coming around to it so i when looking at this movie Again, I, I went by the old strategy. I was like, okay, well, is this is this a whiskey movie? Is this a tequila movie? Is because I always I like to start with my base in the alcohol. Okay, what alcohol alone would define this movie? And I wasn't getting anywhere. But then I thought, what is really what is like the thing that people remember about this movie? The bees. Bees. Hell so yeah. I went with a mead cocktail. So this is a take on the cure for what ails you cocktail. Now, for those of you who don't know, the cure for what ails you is um, 2.5 parts mead, one part lemon juice, and one and a half parts ginger beer. Now, I have created the Wicker Man cure, which this version, again, it includes the one part lemon juice and the one and a half parts ginger beer. But you replace the mead with two and a half parts mead-based absinthe. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> because think of, because solely because of Nick Cage. Mead-based absinthe. That, that is a thing. Look it up. Oh, oh. <laughs> like because because you know what I you know what I think when I taste my mead. How can I how can I get more blackout drunk from this? 
How can I see shit when I drink my meat? <laughs> Fuck. Well, this, th- this drink will make you want to dress up in a bear costume and just go punch people. And I was about to say. kick women through walls. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> once, one, one, like, shotgunning or chugging of your drink is going to have you dressing up in a bear costume, assaulting, just punching women in the face. <laughs> we do not condone that, by the way. Let's make that very clear. So no, no, the Wicker it. Man does, but we don't. <laughs> the Wicker Man condones this, not us. <laughs> exactly. We at the Best Up at Midnight do not condone what the movie condones. <laughs> so, guys, let's start off Nick Cage month right. Let's crack open a cold one, and let's talk about Wicker Man. Praise be. Praise be. (laughs) We begin on this cafe. Now, right off the bat, this was in 2006. And this is is a very nitpicking thing, but that's what this podcast is all about. This was like a weird time for, for movie scores because we're getting this very like whimsical score that sounds like it's directly out of like the 80s or the 90s. But even when this movie was made... That was beginning to go out of favor. Yeah, it's that that whimsicalness that you hear in the beginning of the movie was definitely a confusing ad. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely just like you said, it's that the early part of the 21st century, i.e. 2000 to like 2005. I feel like I feel then you could make the same argument for just about the beginning of any decade, but Mm -hmm. like. I feel like the 2000s, it's like super apparent. Yeah, because like the 90s really began in like 93. The 80s really began in yeah. like that 80, like that 80, 82, 84. 84. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Like, this is 2006. You're on the latter <laughs> half of the decade and yet you're still giving us this old school whimsical music. Yeah, it, it was super, it was super strange to listen to. And I was just like, the whole time I was sitting there just going like, Okay. All right. It's going to be one of those movies as I like sat down with my drink (laughs) and we immediately get our Lord and Savior himself, Nick fucking Cage. He is over at this and this threw me back for a loop. He's over at this like rack of old VHS tapes and he buys a self-help VHS tape titled Everything's Okay. And for Wait, is it a V? I thought it was a book. Dude, That's so a VHS. Was it a, was it a book or was it a V? I believe it was a VHS. It looked like a VHS tape. I'll t- I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll believe you. Like it's all good. Like, even if, even if no it's a book, book in the movie, don't listen to the movie. You listen to me. You understand? <laughs> you listen to this podcast. You listen to this podcast and nobody else. Absolutely. Who needs news? All you need is messed up at midnight. <laughs> So we find out that Nick Nick Cage is playing this detective and with the leather jacket he's wearing, he, I'm getting more like Ghost Rider vibes no, from it. No, no, no. Well, well, the weird thing is, is he opens up and he's a fucking beat cop. He's not even a goddamn detective. He's literally a cop on a beat with his partner. And they're like having like pancakes or whatever. Or like, no, burgers. Burgers. That's what the fuck they were having. And like... I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I was like, I was like, damn, we're going really far back if we're going back to like him as a beat cop. 
But yeah, no, he's not a detective. He's just some random cop in like in like East California. Dude, either way, he looks like he just filmed this movie at the same time as like Ghost Rider. And he just didn't have time to change between takes. Over oh, Ghost yeah, exactly. Rider, so he just like wanders on to set just wearing what he I was, was wearing say, over there. He's, it's like it's like Ghost Rider's going on in studio like 85 and he's and like he's recording right now in like studio 91. So he's like, all right, you know, what? I just. I'll just I can just cut it close and just run between run between lots. So this is like our big introduction. And then after this, immediately we go to Nick Cage as on a on a motorcycle as a cop. This was a sight to behold. I tell you what. And he pulls somebody over and then he asks. There was one particular shot where he pulls somebody over and he asks, do you know why I stopped you? And then just walks away with this oh, person's I, ID. I saw that too. I saw that too. That was awesome. <laughs> he literally, he does a drive-by questioning where he just like walks up, takes the guy's ID. And as he's walking away, he goes, do you know why I stopped you? And the guy just like has to lean his head out the window and go, I'm, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> as, as Nick he, Cage just like performs identity theft and just walks back to his like, motorcycle and just drives off. <laughs> to say way to make it way to make make it look like you're committing fraud just the way you like ticket that guy <laughs> he, he just called his buddies up like guys you would not believe what just happened nick cage just <laughs> pulled me over and just stole my id what if that was an actual guy like he's in his fucking like nissan maxima and he just gets pulled over and nick cage gives him a ticket and he's like what the hell's going on around here <laughs> If this was made in like 2022, I would be like, yeah, no, that 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 probably happened. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and the next person he pulls over, he's driving down the highway, and this kid just has this doll and throws it out into traffic. And Cage, he's he he like leans over his bike, he picks it up, and then he eventually goes to pull this car over. And, you know, he he goes and shoots the shit with this mom and her daughter. And by the way, she the mom says the kid's acting out and the kid says, I'm bored. And that's why she's acting out. <laughs> and as the great Michael Jordan would say, fuck them kids. <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> like, yeah, I was sitting there and I'm just like. I was I originally heard the kid go, do you have my doll? And I'm bored. And I was like, man, who would write a kid to be that shitty? Then I sat there and just pulled back and went, wait a minute. Kids are that shitty and that random. So I was sitting there just going like I initially was going to criticize the movie, but then I was like, no, kids are just like that. Like kids will just do the most random shit because they're bored. And then when you're like, why would you do that? That's insane. They're just like, they're just like, I don't know. I was bored. And you're like, they're just like, they're like, like an apathetic, like 16 year old trying to piss people off, but they don't do it consciously. They just like want to dye their hair because it'll make them a rebel. And it's not a phase, mom. Mom. <laughs> Just because I like listening to my chemical romance doesn't make me emo, Bob. Shut up. <laughs> and those kids who it was a phase for are now adults. And God, look at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you're just in like doing VFX. You're still still shopping in Hot Topic. <laughs> look at you. 
Are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you, <laughs> Max Steel. Dude, shut up. Three doors down to Breaking Benjamin. Hey, listen, I was, in, I was into Kyle Core when I was in like high school, but that ship has now <laughs> sailed. I have been to at least three different Slipknot concerts. Don't you come at me with that bullshit of calling me some <laughs> Kyle Core fucking poser, you motherfucker. <laughs> I was I'm in the trenches. Window, bitch. I was in the trenches when Kyle Core was cool. I was here. I was I was there in the early to mid two thousands. Don't at oh, me, bro. That's awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, back you, to you just fucking movies. triggered something within me. So, listeners, I apologize I that you had to hear that outburst. <laughs> it's just, that was just a that was just just like a spur of the moment. Like you were going off of pure feels right there. That wasn't me. That was Patricia. That was, that was Maxine. That was Maxine. Do not trust that person. <laughs> so, like I said earlier, fuck them kids. And Nick Cage goes to, you know, go get, like, the girl throws the doll into traffic. And again, at this point, I was like, it looks like Nick Cage is going to get hit. And imagine if he just did. And I was like, the end of the movie. <laughs> but no, the car gets hit. <laughs> I said, I said, fuck them kids, but I didn't mean it like that. It was so out of left field. Like I, when I say it was unceremonious as fuck, it was unceremonious as fuck. Like, like I, I was literally like, I was watching like this movie, but I was like, but I had like spring rolls like cooking in the background as I was watching the movie. So I was like, oh shit, I'm going to go check up on my spring rolls while like this, they're having this really shitty dialogue. I literally get up and turn away for a second. And then I hear a fucking explosion. And I'm like, how the hell did I literally turn away at the last second? And it's literally like a blinking you miss it fucking moment. Well, I got to have spring rolls while you watch the movie, man. You, you, you're going to miss important details this, in these masterpieces of cinema that we cover. This is what I get for pursuing a healthy diet. I should have just gone to Taco Bell. I mean, I wouldn't have judged you. No, I wouldn't have judged me either. Are you kidding me? Dude, have you had a Chalupa before? They're Dude, nuts. fuck with that. Dude, exactly. I'm always more of like a, I eat a burrito before I watch these movies. Like I sit down, I have me a burrito, maybe have me a drink and just kind of like, ah, because I watch these on Sunday. I like have to have to relax a little bit. Get into like, okay, and I'm going to be watching this movie, eat a burrito, scroll through my phone. And then once I'm done, then I watch the movie. Exactly. Exactly. You you got to set your mind right when you're covering these movies, guys. Don't forget that. (laughs) It's all it's all about a mood. It's all about a mood. It's all about (laughs) ambiance. By the way, so getting back to the movie, this little girl, when she is in a car that is on fire, that was just hit by a truck, she just had like the most like. 15, 16 year old girl reaction that's like out at the mall with her parents. That's just kind of like, oh, whatever. She has the most blase reaction to being in peril <laughs> as Nick Cage has this helmet and is just beating the shit out of the back of like the back window of the car and trying to save this girl's life. And she just could not give two shits about it. 
It's so funny. Like, she is so stoic the entire time. It's just like stone face, like fucking stone cold Steve Austin. And then, well, we're, and then it's just a, the juxtaposition to like Nick Cage just like fighting for his fucking life in the back. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, hell yeah. Now, you mentioned stone cold Steve Austin. And if all honesty, if I saw stone cold Steve Austin in a burning car, I would do what Nick Cage did. And would just like just run up and just try to save his life. Dude, it's bold of you to think that Stone Cold needs help. It's bold of you to right? think that you need to help Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell, his car would be on fire, and then he'd probably come and help me with what? I was about to say. I, I was about to say he would just like Terminator kick the door out of the side and come up and just like be like, "You all right, son?" And you're like, "I am now Stone Cold." By the way, it is my dream to be on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. So if we can make that happen, I will die a happy man. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I, if I could drink a Miller High Life with Stone Cold. Steve Austin, I will die happy. They'll probably just stunner me and then chug <laughs> some beer and spit it in my face, and I couldn't be happier. And you'll just be like, thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> this podcast is going all over the place. We're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, bees. Uh, we're going everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. All We're covering the two big, big moments in talking points. Just bees and Steve Austin. <laughs> The explosion happens. Cage falls back. And this is kind of like a running uh, motif throughout the movie. You see, Nick Cage just constantly has visions of this little girl just throughout the movie. And they don't really serve a purpose. Yeah, it's not. See, see, the thing is, is like... (laughs) I get what the movie wanted. Like they wanted to show him like having some like PTSD and suffering some something. Yeah. He's having like really hard flashbacks. He's like traumatized by it, but like it kind of just doesn't really affect him in any way. He's kind of just sits there. He's like, like he, he, every single time he just inceptions himself back awake before it goes bad. It creates, and then he's, and then he just goes on with his life and you're like, how I don't get how this really affects you. In it any like way. creates tension when there are scenes that like tension should be in, but the plot doesn't have anything for it. So they're like, oh, he'll just have a vision of this girl, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like you don't even need that. Like you like straight up, you're like the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man movie had jack shit outside of. The the A story plot line, which is man searches for missing child like this movie has just crammed so much shit into it, like a fucking Instagram food video that you're like, I don't like we don't need this much. All right. (laughs) Much like any boomer would after experiencing some trauma, Nick Cage decides to just stifle his emotions and go back to his apartment and just watch Westerns. (laughs) that's the most dad thing i can think of where it's like where it's like hey dad i heard your friend passed away do you need someone to talk to about it or he's like no i'm fine i'll just watch good bad the ugly for the fifth time (laughs) you're like dad it's it's okay you can john wayne audi murphy and and peace son come on (laughs) like you're like shut up john wayne's on (laughs) give me another beer you're like you're like dad uh you know what fine fine you're like whatever dad And to get the exposition out, this this other cop comes by and starts asking Nick Cage questions. 
And it's revealed that no one knows who the girls were in the car. And I'm like, okay, so there's there is something here. And then it is immediately undercut by this poorly read voiceover. But while Nick Cage is like rubbing his hands together and like this, I think it's his wife is um, reading this letter, like doing a voiceover for this letter. And Nick Cage is just typing into like what I guess is this universe's Google. And then he get just gets a random phone call and he has to go to the police station. <laughs> this whole call to act call to adventure that he goes through in this period is just so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. It's just so strange and so ham fisted. And there's it's it's so weird. Mm-hmm. All you, it's the the reason it's so confusing to me is because like in the original it doesn't there isn't any of this. There's quite literally none of this exposition in the original. It is literally just he's a detective, someone went fucking missing mm-hmm. and he's on the case. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need to know. What, that was, it his, what is, is, was it his wife in, or ex-fiance in the original Wicker Man? No. It was, no, it just, I'm fairly certain that it's just a child is missing. Well, I guess this movie just has to ham fist it in that, oh, yeah. this is this person's, it, it's Nick Cage's ex-fiance. It's just so unnecessary. Which, which, by the way, it is made clear that like at this point, the child that is missing is not Nick Cage's. Yeah, it is exactly. his ex-fiance. And Mike, you've been in some relationships. I've been in some relationships. If your ex contacted you out of the blue saying, hey, my child went missing. It's not yours, but my child went missing. What would your response be? Uh, well, if I was a police officer, I'd be obligated to fucking do something. <laughs> However, I would sit there and go, what's what is what is the location in which you last last saw your kid? If it's not my jurisdiction, I would forward the case to the <laughs> jurors fucking diction. I would I would not sit there. I wouldn't hang up and, and do what Nick Cage's buddy said, which is just ignore them. Just like just, I mean, man, just fucking like ghost a, them. He literally goes, dude, are you actually going to go there? You're like, I mean, a child is missing, bro. I can't just fucking ghost him. <laughs> like, but also I would sit there and just go, hey, you said this place. I did some research. That's in Washington fucking state. I'm in California. I'll forward the info to the Washington state PD. That's all I can do. You're like, I'll, I'll phone call some people, tell them it's missing and to check it out. But that's it. And he even goes the extra mile. So Nick Cage gets on a boat and I guess he thinks he might, you know, maybe he'll get a chance back with his ex-fiance. He puts on like a little bit of extra cologne as he rides a boat for this woman. Like he literally gets on a boat and crosses seas to get to her. <laughs> it's just it's just so unnecessary like it's just it's just one of those things where logic like you can't you can't the mental gymnastics you do to get out of this get to to rationalize him going Mm -hmm. is really just is a lot as an adult like you're like you're like it's out of his jurisdiction not that he should like this is proof that you're growing up is when you look at the wicker man and you're like no no 
You don't you don't look at like, you know, the cult, the bees are like it's out of his jurisdiction. He wouldn't be able to go. No, it's not possible. No, you're just just like just legally speaking. It's what the fuck is he going to do? Like, he's not the FBI. Like, he can't fucking just like swoop in in any place. Like, he's literally bound by his fucking county or by his state if he's a state police officer, both of which have not been met. <laughs> you're like. If it was like if his wife was in Sacramento and he was a state police officer, then you would be like, okay, fine, fair, fair, maybe. Or if it's an island off the coast of California, you'd be like, maybe. But like, no, none of that. You're like, you'd be like, what the fuck? Why? And like any movie of this time, he is looking longingly at a picture that his that his ex fiance provided that shows a little girl and. He starts having this vision of this little girl off in the distance, looking ahead, looking off, standing by the standing by the uh, what do you call it? The, not the pier, but like the edge of the boat. Why can't I speak today? The bow. The bow. He's, she's looking off the bow of the boat. And Nick Cage just looks up. He gets confused. So he starts walking towards her. The music rises. And all of a sudden, that little girl gets fucking hit by a truck out of fucking nowhere. And On it, was, the it was a vision in the fucking ocean. I fucking cackled during this scene. Like, it's I just loved it so much. It is so out of left field. It is not what I was expecting. You know, if it was like a, a, wait, a waitress or a, you know, attendant comes by and says, hey, is it like uh, we have arrived or... If it's something like that, I would be like, okay, that's kind of cheesy, but you know, it's it's not making me, you know, cackle or anything. But because yeah. this movie did this, I fucking lost my shit. Yeah, couldn't you like like in this whole scenario? Like I was the same way. Like I'm sitting there, like he's walking up, and I'm like, okay, all right, maybe she'll turn around, and she's like, she's like missing like her like her torso's out and there's like blood's coming out or some some intense to show that like show the effects of her getting hit by like the car or something like that mm -hmm. no this just makes a truck noise and he like wakes up <laughs> and you're like you're like huh subtlety like, is not this movie's strength like again like you said this idea of this scene could work he's having this vision he sees this little girl and then something happens that could work but because they decided to go with her getting hit by a truck this scene just falls into the comedic territory and honestly i think it's better off for it i mean oh, yeah, i really absolutely. think this because otherwise we would have just forgotten about this movie but because the wicker man decided to go that extra mile that is why we are talking about it now, and that is why I freaking love this movie. I, it went the extra mile to be completely like balls to the wall ridiculous, and I and I do respect the shit out of it for it. <laughs> After this, Nick Cage gets off and goes to talk to this pilot, which he greets with a with a ahoy, and he starts talking to this guy like, "Hey, can I get a ride?" And the guy says, "Oh, hell no!" And you know, he gives a long winded explanation about. You know, he's not losing contact with these people. You know, he's been doing this job for a while and Nick Cage offers him money. And then all of a sudden we cut to the next shot and he's like, OK, well, you know, they're flying over the ocean. I'm like, well, that was fucking easy. <laughs> all he had to do is pay this dude a hundred bucks. And he's like, no, nah, whatever. I want to be in this guy's shoe because can you imagine just being in a plane with Nick Cage, just you and him for like, I don't know, an hour. Just imagine, sounds... imagine what you could find out about that guy. 
it's, I feel like you would get the same amount of information from that whole thing as you would get from a more sane conversation with like Gary Busey. Like if like like a mildly sedated Gary Busey would probably give the same amount of information that Nick Cage would. I'm going to be honest. Mildly sedated Gary Busey. Well, because everyone knows Gary Busey's fucking nuts. So like if you I feel like if you put enough Xanax in him, he'll eventually start talking. You get him just enough laughing gas. <laughs> I was just I was like, I was going to say Steven Seagal. And I was like, there's no amount of drugs that can make Steven Seagal sane. So I was like, we got to move on. I want to take I want to take like a martial arts lesson from Steven Seagal and just see what happens. <laughs> I don't. I don't. That guy, dude, that guy would be that guy would be the shittiest martial arts teacher. I mean, yeah. Yes, but like, can you imagine there's like the weight, the like words of wisdom you would get? <laughs> it would just, you would just, it would just be this half baked mumbly stuff that he says that you're kind of just like, huh? What? Wait, what? Listen, put, <laughs> listen, put Steven Seagal in the next remake of The Wicker Man and oh that will outdo this movie. I guarantee it. Oh my God. Hell yeah. He's, he's instead of him like getting in a he's in a bear suit and just like doing like keto moves on people. <laughs> I was about to say there's the only way that would happen was if it, the next Wickman was directed by like Michael Bay. <laughs> no, Michael Bay would have just blown him up and that would be it. <laughs> that's, hell man, with Steven Seagal, that would be badass. The pilot drops off Nick Cage like at like another weird point in the island. So he has to like wander through like these woods to this village. And I kind of wondered something at this point. So if the pilot dropped off Nick Cage, just like at a random part in the Island, and then he has to wander through the forest, all of us, like, can you imagine being in like the Islanders case? So you're living out in this remote Island. And then all of a sudden Nick Cage in a suit and tie just wanders out of the woods asking about <laughs> this missing girl like That's, you wouldn't like that wouldn't raise like a little bit of suspicion dude i would have just straight up thrown his ass off a cliff yeah i would have been like i they're so i mean they're they're calm yet very stern with him they're mm -hmm. like what are you doing here? Why are you? And I'm like, I'm like, yo, that's Nick Cage walking out of the woods of an island of which, you know, all of the residents personally. It's be a super weird scenario to just see Nick Cage chilling. Like also, also to reference the original movie, the original movie has has a uh, has a guy boat in from a from the plane to the center of town. Like there's no. I can't do it, man. It's just, hey, can you ferry me in? He goes, okay. And they ferry in and the movie begins. There's no exposition followed by, nah, bro, I got to drop you off in the woods. Like, no, he's not a Navy SEAL. He's a cop. Put him in the center of town. Who gives a shit? And you see, when he does interact with these um, people, he sees a sack that is like bleeding by one of the residents and he starts asking several questions and cage like he wants to go look and investigate it and then it makes him flinch and then he just wanders away and then stays on the island like listen i've lived in some small towns where i've seen some weird shit and if i saw something like i saw some weird shit but i was still like okay I, like i got out of there i got out of that situation if i saw that i'd be like nope nope I, I, I'm out. I'm moving away. Yeah. Nope, not my problem. Yeah. 
I was about to say, if I recall, like there is no reference to what's actually in the bag. All it does is it bleeds profusely it, and like there's the flinch and everyone starts laughing and he just walks away. Like, like, like no sensible person is going to be like, be like, that's normal stuff for people to do. What a normal, hilarious prank. No, that's like a fucking, that's like a Logan Paul prank. Like who the fuck, what kind of psycho is going to make a prank with a dead corpse of an animal? Dude, when can we have like a horror movie where like the main character went to like an Atlanta public school to when like, as soon as he sees some suspicious shit, he's just like, nope, I'm out of here. Nope. Nope. And just exactly. Exactly. We need to have we need to have set, like someone who went to who went through the Atlanta public school system. <laughs> he goes so Nick Cage goes up to a bar and everyone in the bar already knows who he is, which is even weirder considering he wandered through the woods and they're like, "Yep, we know why he, you're here." He's he's literally been there for fucking seconds. Like there's no there's no News like travels warm fast up. in small towns. <laughs> Dude, I, dude, especially when you've wa- only walked through the woods, when you've literally only walked through the woods and spoken to three people, none of which are currently in the bar. Like this is like you would have thought they were fucking tweeting at each other or texting each other. Like, but no, they can't. Like, they can't because they don't have cell phones. They don't have any exactly. type of technology. They have zero fucking technology. So he fucking rolls in. And they're like, "Hello, Mister Whatever his name is," and he's like, and he's just. Hey, what's going on? And you're like, you're not going to be fucking weirded out by that. There's no, there's no, there's no, how the fuck do you know my name? It's just like, no, okay, whatever. All right, sure. And in this scene, Nick Cage turns and sees his ex-fiance. And it's not like you could tell it all with the musical cues, the halo lighting, and, you know, the, the rising and uh, no Nick Cage gives a stare and she gives a stare. But it was also in this scene when I noticed something. Why the fuck is Nick Cage wearing elbow pads on his jacket? How dare you? You leave elbow pads on jackets out of this. Listen, li- no, no, no. listen, if I'm calling you out on something, especially when it comes to fashion, something is wrong. And as soon as I saw those elbow pads, I was like, my guy, what what are you doing? How dare you? Oh, you back off. You wear cargo shorts, all right? No. Cargo shorts. I wear Hawaiian shirts, basketball shorts, and three for $5 black shirts at Walmart. You keep that shit out of here. And when I see elbow pads on a jacket, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Elbow pads on jackets can be good. They can be great. They can look look fire. They are not good here. Oh, no. Oh, well. Here, there, here. It's a little okay. Here, it's okay. It's like five out of ten. It is not bad. It's like it's. You're like, ah, uh, all right. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't say bad. Like, I'm sorry. If you want to attract attention to your weenus, then why the fuck are are you like wearing elbow pads? That is literally the only reason. Like, hey man, you got a you got a sexy elbow there. How dare you? Sometimes, sometimes. What time? So what elbow time? pads what time? can be good. What time? What's up? Give me an example. Hey, give me an professors example. have drip. Professors have drip, man. Sometimes you've seen a professor walk in with them elbow pads on and the fucking and the fucking V-neck argyle sweater, and you're just like you're like that man. That man is just dripping. We have had two very different professor experiences here at the Mess Up at Midnight podcast because you went like the business route, and I went the mass media route. <laughs> Well, yeah, because all the dudes you went, all the professors you had all wore Star Wars shirts underneath their blazers. Of course, they look like clowns. And? They, 
And they probably it, look like fucking clowns. <laughs> they had fucking drip, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, drip, drip. Yeah, exactly. A, like a 45-year-old man wearing a Stormtrooper t-shirt really has drip. Listen, Stormtroopers, Stormtrooper shirts, and then just shorts. That was that was that was the vibe. That's, that's no, that's not a vibe. <laughs> that was the vibe of those professors, man. Man, no, no. The professors are listening. I'm calling y'all out. Y'all got some drip. Y'all, y'all no, got it. No, y'all don't got some drip. Don't, no, don't, don't y'all Michael, don't. listen to me. All right, all right. We we know we'll move past this. We got to move past this. All right. So. Nick Cage's ex-fiance says basically what we're all thinking you could have not come. And then much like much like any man talking to his ex, he asks the inevitable question, what happened to you? Because we found out like she ran away and he says it like with all the passion of someone saying like, what the hell happened to you? You spent all our money on Lula Row. <laughs> You bitch, you spent all my money on fucking Herbalife. Now I'm having to fucking get rid of all that shit. God damn it. And she's just kind of like gaslighting uh, Nick Cage this whole time. Like where Cage is saying like, oh, why why didn't you just get your dad to help? And um, Willow says, because you're the only person I trust. And I'm like, that bro, that is straight up just fucking gaslighting. Yeah, you're like, like, that that is the hardest they're like that's the hardest to fucking cap but he's like all right they also had this conversation like out in the woods too (laughs) i this movie man this movie just does this movie just doesn't give a shit (laughs) and like i can see what they were going for because the wicker man falls into like this this category of horror films known as like folk horror you see movies like with like children of the corn like like you mentioned the original wicker man that fall into this category and even midsummer which that whole movie took place in like daylight and was fucking terrifying but not the wicker man here it just it, no it, no <laughs> the wicker man tried to do what midsummer did which is like make a horror movie that's in broad daylight and not at nighttime <laughs> and it just fucking sucked at it like goddamn it it just blow ass like after this conversation, Cage returns back to where he's staying. He encounters creepy cult women being creepy. He notices his bag's been rummaged through. And the the women announce like, hey, the Wicker Man, the Wicker Man's return. That's what they're announcing. Yeah. Cage asks one of like the workers for his tapes for some reason is this is like the this is like the only other time that they are brought up throughout the whole movie they're they're super inconsequential they have no relation there's they have nothing to do with the fucking movie which is so annoying (laughs) he has another vision of the girl on the boat getting hit by the truck and by the way at this point we are 30 minutes in and so far nothing that has like given me a little bit of tension Nothing, no, nothing has made me scared at this point. Now, there have been some moments that have made me like, you know, the girl getting hit by the truck that kind of make me like, you know, might maybe jump a little bit or like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. That is more so like comedy. Yeah, it's it's just no, that, that's this is exactly what I'm saying. Like in, in this movie, like it's just so it, like quite literally nothing fucking happens. 
It's like it's literally just him wandering around talking to his ex going, bitch, where were you? And then he just wanders around more. And there's no tension. It's just Nick Cage talking to weird people who all none of whom know how to act. And just it's and like compared to the original Wicker Man, which is also the main character walking around talking to people, mm-hmm. everyone it's 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 like super interesting and super tense mm-hmm. because everyone acts the same and talks the exact same manner in the original Wicker Man. And the guy's trying to piece together. He's he's slowly piecing together what the hell happened. And it's super tense the entire time. Yeah, and he like see has a vision of, again, the little girl running at night and he follows this girl into the woods, into this barn and Cage almost like falls through a hole in the floor of the barn. And then we just cut to the next scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so it's so fucking. Yeah, no, this movie at this point, the the, the fucking visions just made me think he was schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Literally, literally at this point, I was like, you know, granted, granted, PTSD is, comes in all shapes and sizes and all all levels of uh, of like it, like intensity. But even then, at this point, I was like, I was like, dude, this is like leaning into like your schizophrenic mm-hmm. like level stuff. Like, what the hell? But in any case, yeah, no, he he just like wanders into a barn for some reason, almost dies, and then it hard gets to day. Yeah, and he's like sitting at this having breakfast where one of the barmaids brings him some honey, and he he dares to ask. Why do you have store bought? I thought y'all made this about honey. And by the way, they've like he didn't know research before he went here. Like, because if because just think, if you are going to like do some recon in the Amish community, you you best like okay, you know maybe I need to know what to say and don't say to the Amish. It's best to know like. Yeah. What like it's kind of like traveling to a foreign country. You need to know like, are there any words or is there anything I shouldn't do in this community? Exactly. There's a level of cultural sensitivity mm-hmm. that Nick Cage has just consciously decided he's going to fucking throw to the wind. And in one of the earlier scenes, I forgot to mention this. You know, the whole thing with this movie is like you know the honey, the bees, and Nick Cage just straight up kills one of the bees in the middle of the bar. And he says he's allergic. And I'm like, that would be like really good to know, you know, hey, I'm allergic to bees and you're going to this island filled with fucking bees. Yeah. It's, again, it's, it's was, was that, also, was that in the original Wicker Man? Was he allergic to bees? No, there's nothing. There's no mention of bees. There are no bees in the original Wicker Man. There's no fucking bees. There's no goddamn bees. It's It's literally just. It's literally just he's investigating a case and people are weird. That's it. That's it. They're they're weirdly religious. And that's like part of the tense. The tenseness is everyone's like super old school religious, like like pagan religious, not like not, not like Christian religious or like any of the other big religious. But like, yeah, no, the bees is just some shit they added for some reason. The fucking bees. <laughs> The goddamn bees. So he after this, during this scene, he finds out that the honey crop is cursed. And okay, well, you know, that's at least maybe something. And then he goes out back 
And he starts talking to this one woman and he says like, hey, like what's going on tomorrow? And they have this like little bit where I think it's supposed to be funny where he's trying to talk like the people do in the village, but is just failing miserably. And it was one of the most confusing scenes because I was like, because he was supposed to say like, what's happening the day of tomorrow? And I'm like, wait, is he talking about like the day after tomorrow? Or like it was it was a very confusing scene. (laughs) Yeah, And the girl begins to answer by saying, you leave and take me with you while holding an axe. And I think that in this situation, Nick Cage has the appropriate response (laughs) of talking to a crazy girl. And he's just like, I am just going to I'm just going to walk away. And he just fucking ghosts her just right there. Yeah, he's just she's literally gripping an axe tightly and then just holds his hand and goes, you take me with you. And it's just, it's, yeah, he just, he just sort of like, he, he does, he does, he does the thing where he just fucking walks off and I'm like, I mean, that is, that is how you would respond. But like, I was like, he doesn't, he doesn't like take steps back out of axe swinging range and just go, what the fuck do you mean by that? Maintain (laughs) range, maintain distance. He doesn't, yeah, I was like, I was like, I would have first maintained range and then just went, what do you mean? I would have taken a few steps back. It was like, but hey, no, give he me the axe. Okay, we're just gonna put yeah. it just way over there. Yeah, he, you just you just th- huck the axe away from everyone, and then just go. Now, what do you mean by that? But no, he's just like no, and he, and he just dips, and then and after this, he just wanders through the woods for a good long while oh into God, a schoolhouse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, the fucking schoolhouse, <laughs> the goddamn schoolhouse scene. <laughs> Mike, what do you got? What do you got to say about the schoolhouse scene? Uh the original did it way more like intelligently. That's all I gotta say. What, That's all I. It didn't say anything like phallic symbol, phallic symbol. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they, they didn't say anything about that. It's in the original. In the original, I'll just say that I'll just say this about the original because I don't want to spoil any of it. The the movie kind of does, but I it's I don't want to spoil anything super harsh about about the original because I highly recommend it. Essentially, he just walks in and sees all these kids like talking about some really insane religious shit. And like the guy in the original does the same thing that the Nick Cage does in the movie, which is sort of like make an outburst and everyone like turns like like fucking like like they're all possessed. They all just turn and stare at him. He's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And then he just like starts interrogating everyone. Yeah, I mean, and in this one, Nick Cage, like, okay, first of all, he, he straight up just interrupts this lesson. Yeah. And which, first of all, rude. Those kids are trying to learn. Let them be like, kids. How dare you? How dare you? Let them, let them, let them be educated. And then second, he just straight up just starts erasing shit on the whiteboard and starts yeah. passing around a picture and starts like making notes and saying like, oh, has anybody seen this person? And Yeah, it's. It's just it's just so weird because like the guy shows up and it's like and like I get it. He's a cop and he's got shit to do. Mm -hmm. And like people aren't people aren't listening to him and it's getting under his skin. I totally get that. That 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 makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you think I survived this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You guys can't see it. but Mike just gave me like I will fucking kill you in your sleep. Look. I will. So if I, I will. So if I disappear off to an island with bees, just know it wasn't me. I did not go by choice. It was Michael Flaherty. Not, 
I swear to God, I will find out whatever allergy you have and exploit that and not give you an EpiPen. <laughs> no, it's no, essentially. Yeah, no, it's yeah. He's just the guy, the the guy that Nicolas Cage plays just turns into a massive fucking dick. Like he's just a huge asshole to all these people. Like granted, they're all they're all not really all that great either. But like he's just extra douchey to all these people, <laughs> so it doesn't really help his case. And he sees one like thing in the bag. He's like, "Well, that desk doesn't have anybody." And like, oh, who whose whose desk is that? And they go back and you know they try to build out the tension. And again. Much like any movie worth its salt and horror, they open it and it's a fucking crow. It's a bird. And that's supposed to be the big jump scare with it. And one of the girls actually says, we trapped it to see how long it would survive. And that's fucking scarier than in. I'm like, that's fucked up. Fuck them kids. Fuck this school teacher. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, like that's genuinely fucked. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's actually kind of all right. And then like, and then like, and then like the the school scene continues Mm -hmm. after a bit. And I'm like, oh, all right, we're back to I was like, it was a fun reprieve where it was actually a really good horror scene. And then you're like, and we're back to it just being a shitty. Well, Well, but then we find out that the kid Rowan Woodward might not even exist gasp yeah, we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm holding I'm so surprised right now we're shock and awe yeah exactly and Nick Cage and the teacher they go outside and they have this whole discussion and Rose they wrote they do something interesting here Rose says she'll burn to death as in like you know as future tense so I'm like okay so she's not dead I'm like okay I I see what they're doing like there is so, they're they're trying yeah. to do something to where they're like trying to play with time or maybe create like make you think that there is some underlying lie within and I'm like okay I see what you're doing there and then it's undercut <laughs> absolutely it's under fucking cut again like every time, movie, every time this- one of these bad movies does something good we're like we're like okay well like we're 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 on to something here okay they're 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 bringing me along okay i'm with you and then it's just boom something else you just gotta like i don't know shit in my coffee like absolutely they sit there what they do is they sit there and they're like they like serve you a shitty like set of eggs and you're like oh damn it they serve you a shitty a shitty done toast and then they pull out this really intricate pour over Mm -hmm. they set it up and you're like oh Okay, maybe we're turning it around, and then they serve you, a sh- and then they manage to fuck it up and serve it to you shitty. And you're like, "God damn it, we were so close. We were so close to having one thing be good." Cage leaves the school site, and he starts wandering again. Nick Cage wanders through the woods. He sees this one woman that kind of looks like Sister Rose, but isn't. He gets confused. Okay, cool, whatever. Cage comes to this grave, and all of a sudden, his ex-fiance willow appears and says that's not rowan's grave and i'm like okay well you know i think at this point if nick cage is getting confused by if this kid's alive or dead and if it's out of his jurisdiction he should just be like nope i'm head out (laughs) i was like yeah he i feel like at this point this is the point where i'm like like even if you denied all sense 
if you've reached this inconclusive point, that's when you sit there and go, okay, I have enough notes to sit there and forward this off to the actual police in this jurisdiction and just cut, send it off to them Mm -hmm. and then go, I'll solve this later. So we have this back and forth conversation. And again, because I'm a, I am a nerd and because I don't know why I noticed these things, but there was one shot of Nick Cage where the background was much sharper than the foreground of Nick Cage's face. And I got to say, for some reason, that just sticks with me like that sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. Like you couldn't have just, I don't know, focused, right? You couldn't have just, you know, zoomed in on his face a lot and just made sure everything was like in frame and focused and all that. But no, you, I, y'all, y'all, y'all just had to miss that. Y'all just had to miss that. Why? I love, Why? I love, I love that. You're, I love that. I love that certain bad movies really trigger your inner like m- filmmaker and you just like snap with very certain things like it's this. Particular. Like I agree. I agree. I agree. I saw it and was like, it, it, it really fucked with me, but I was definitely just like classic shitty movie and then i just move it's like a poor dub you're kind of like that tracks and then you just keep moving well it's like i'm just gonna move on so you're just stewing you're just like david fine i'm just it's, it's fine it's fine everything's fine it's fine it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. It's you're like fine. the dog. You're like the dog drinking the coffee as the house is on fire. Just everything's fine. This is fine. This is fine. So they go back to uh, Willows, and okay, now it's revealed that Nick Cage might be, or no, it's, it's before they go, and it's fine. That Nick Cage might be Rowan's father, and I'm like, okay, so you couldn't have like just, I don't know, led with that, so you could say, hey, you have a child, and that maybe would have made this whole movie up to this point a little bit more interesting and we could have had more you know we could have had more skin in the game but y'all just had to hide that from us just for the big reveal that isn't shocking at all yeah it it was a super weird one like it felt super confusing Mm -hmm. that that she would just drop this bomb like now Mm-hmm. Like as if like <laughs> Nick Cage is already here. He already has enough skin in the game. You don't need to fucking like bring him on even more like and go like, hey, like this is your kid, by the way. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then he like has to no, like what? Who cares? Like he's here. Why do you need to tell him that that's your kid? Like, but yeah, it, it it's just one of those plot points that could have been very easily done like. At the beginning, which again, this whole up at this point, we see Nick Cage searching for this girl. We know, like, okay, he's searching for this person, what, whatever. But then once you see, okay, it's there's like a personal relationship there. You're like, you're a little bit more invested at the beginning, but they just decide to forego that and just try to get you with that big shocking twist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they think that that's a really good twist when in reality, it's just eh, it's like, okay. (laughs) So Cage goes back to Willow's house and starts doing detective work and asking, okay, well, like, what was she wearing? What was, you know, when did she disappear? All, you know, all that standard detective stuff. And he looks under the desk and sees help me just scribbled underneath. Well, it's something. Yeah, it's fine. So it's all right. <laughs> I can't remember at what point, but Cage leaves and 
sees this sees one of the planes from like the beginning and <laughs> he runs out to like try to like intercept the plane he he still doesn't have any cell phone service so he sits at this dock and then just there's a cross dissolve which by the way if those of those <laughs> don't know a cross dissolve in editing can signify the passage of time, like you know, just a, a good yeah. amount of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so it's so awesome. Which I'm like, what's how long was he sitting? Was he sitting out there for like days? <laughs> I love well, just because the just because just because you don't see the light change. So it's, it's like either either he was either it was a cross dissolve for like um for like ten minutes or he crossed himself for a whole fucking day. Like it's just we don't it's know. Just so it's just so unnecessary. You're like, was well, this dude? This man just go into fucking stasis for a, for a day? Like what the hell? So he just waits at the dock and. He starts having, again, one of those visions. He sees Rowan underneath oh the dock, God. and he takes his elbow pad jacket off and just runs off the side of the dock, does this, like, weird sideways dive. No, it's like, it's like he's in, like, like swimming aero- acrobatics mm-hmm. or, like, aerobic swimming. Like at the side of the they pool all, like, and then just dive, dive sideways. Yeah, but he but he does it in the movie. He gets a like, running start to it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He gets to prep before he like side dives. <laughs> he swims underneath, and then like again, like any good horror movie would, he swims up to the body, he grabs it, and then all of a sudden he wakes up. And then we get the oh okay, he's fine. And then boom, <laughs> snap zoom out, he's holding the dead body. I love a, dude, a good I, snap. A, okay, I said good snap zoom, but it it, it just kind of doesn't really work because when I see snap zoom, I like I I don't know why I just start laughing. Snap zooms. I have yet to see a snap zoom in a horror movie work because snap zooms just are just the most. It's just the most ridiculous shit. Like it's like like it's like it it's like a snap zoom. Between a guy like just like normal and then like his hands are off. He's like, ah, and he's like just like waving his hands around. You're just it's just goofy. It's just fucking funny. Like and this time is no fucking different. Like he's just holding a corpse of a kid and he just oh, only now realizing he's like <gasps> Cage sees that one of the planes land. He swims over but finds nothing. He goes back into town and starts talking to the photographer of the festival because he he knows like hey okay he couldn't see one of the like last year's winner and he wanted a negative of the picture I'm like okay so he gets so Nick Cage leaves the photographer gets taken away from her house by people in these weird hoods while you know Nick Cage is just watching from from the fucking trees and Cage breaks in he reads another note and it's for the fertility festival where an offering will get burned that makes you think back mm-hmm. to what you know the teacher said earlier and he finally ends up getting a negative of the previous year's winner and surprise surprise it's nick cage's daughter as the worst harvest whatever on year record yeah yeah exactly so cage starts you know yelling acting cage he does like this version of like losing his mind 
when he just starts talking like louder and louder and louder, no, no voice cracking or anything when he's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All he does is just scream at her and you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And somehow after this, Nick cage gets a bike and he's just in a suit (laughs) biking through the woods for some reason. I love this. I love this. I love this. He just, it's just, I forget how, but he has a bike randomly at some point and he just starts biking around (laughs) and you're just like, hell yeah. You're just like, you're like, fuck yeah, Nick Cage. Dude, what would you do if you were just hiking and you just saw Nick Cage in a suit just biking on your path? I would initially sit there and just go, hey, big fan. And then just like keep going. And then I would subsequently turn and just go like. Are you late to like the Met Gala or something? Why? Why, why are you? Are you? Are you? Oh, why are you? Are you lost, man? <laughs> you just sit there and just go. Is there like a wedding going on here that you're like late to? What? What? what why are you? Why are you here? So he helps out this one guy that can't speak. Nick Cage bikes off, and he actually like bumps. Cage bumps into like a beehive with his bike, and for. A guy that says he's allergic, he's awfully brave for just bumping into the hive. Yeah, I was like, I've met plenty of people who are allergic to like certain things like shellfish, mm-hmm. peanuts, like b- bees. Mm-hmm. And and like they are all jumpy as fuck around there around like the things they're allergic to. Mm-hmm. They they don't they do not mess with it in any way. They're like, we're not fucking with that. Not at all. So not for what us. What was that one meme of the kid that wanted to know what peanut butter tasted like? So he like ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then stabbed himself in the arm with his EpiPen. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's Nick that, kid, kid. that kid, that's Nick Cage is a kid. That kid fucking rules. That kid was like, that kid was like, I know I'm wickedly allergic to this, but God damn it, I just gotta know. And then he takes it and just goes, Ugh, he like stabs himself. He goes, all right, now we're good. Now we're good. So again, he gets, he starts getting stung. He mm-hmm. has visions of Rowan. And when Cage wakes up, he sees the photographer from earlier that says that she ended up that to help him and survive. She didn't use this adrenaline needle that he has. She used the old ways to keep him alive. And here I'm like, okay, great. Now, now Nick Cage is just surrounded by a bunch of anti-vaxxers that that's, that's just great. Well, the best part is like, well, the best part is he's already established in his own brain or us, the viewers at least have established that these people are crazy. Mm -hmm. That's some nefarious shit has happened. And like he wakes up in a random mansion and a woman has just told him that the thing that he is deathly allergic to has been cured that he has been cured of this thing that was about to kill him the old way like and he goes i'm here to see miss summer isle like he's not gonna sit there and just go what the fuck is the old way what the hell do you do to me like he's not gonna ask any questions he just goes Okay, and he just keeps moving. But like you mentioned Sister Summer Isle. In the next scene, we actually see her, and she is played by Ellen Bernstein. I, like, I am, I am. What I, the fuck? You're in this why, movie? 
why is Ellen Bernstein in this movie? Why is this woman in this movie? She is so un... This is this is actually not even a gag. She is so goddamn talented. Oh, 100%. And why the hell... Why the fuck is she in this movie? <laughs> she was in Requiem for a Dream. One of our favorite movies Dude, on the Best movie. Up at Midnight podcast. Such a powerful movie. Mm-hmm. And then she's in Wicker Man. And you're like, Why? I mean, mean, we talked about Nick Cage being like, you know, the poster child of being in really good and really bad movies. No, no, no. I'm beginning to think it's Ellen Bernstein. Yeah, maybe, maybe, man. Like, because she has been in some powerful films and then she's been in this and you're like, how? What the fuck? What? This is such a change. And I got to say, one of the lines that Ellen Bernstein said in the scene where she's talking to Nick Cage she says, we don't murder here. That's that's great. That's like that's like that's like, like, like gain being like, you see, I don't kill people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's like or it's like when you're like when you tell your kid that you're like, you're like, no, the fish didn't die. He swam down the drain to back to the ocean. And you're like, and like you're saying it's just like it's just like you're like, I didn't kill him. I just stabbed him. Technically, the blood loss killed him. And you're like, I mean, you're technically right, but you caused it still. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter how you phrase it. You're still very much at fault. So they have this whole, like, discussion back and forth where Ellen Bernstein talks about, you know, her society, the Salem witch trials, the men and the men and their place in the society. And like any, you know, ignorant foreigner, Nick Cage just says, frankly, I don't get you. I don't get this place. <laughs> it's it's just it's just again, this part is what really like stuck out to me. And I'm going to compare it back to the original Wicker Man, because in the original Wicker Man, the detective, he meets up with Christopher Lee, who's running Hell the commune. Yeah. And it's like this really interesting scene where he's like. I am like of I am like the descendant of a generation mm-hmm. similar to this of like a group of people who is who are like from like a non like uh who, who are like from like the British who are from like the Celtic part or the Scottish part. One of those. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we just described to a different way of life and like we were persecuted. That's why we're closed off and this all of that. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. And then like. Also, this movie, for some goddamn reason, just slides in the like and men need to know their place part. And you're like, the the, the original movie didn't have that. And like this, it feels really unnecessary. It's like the exact opposite of what they were doing in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, it was just like it was just like 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 in Mad Max Fury Road. It's definitely had like a women like centric thing. I don't know. It's just. This movie did not need the whole like men need to know their place thing just because it's the wicker man. You could just have women play a centric role and then just not need to explain it. Because, again, I'm sure you had the same sentiment as I did up to this point where you go. I mean, okay, he's just been talking to a lot of women. All right. (laughs) Like there wasn't a whole lot of thought until they brought it up. And then you're like. I mean, okay, now that you mentioned it, I've seen, I've seen, I haven't seen talk to a lot of guys. After the, like, after this scene, because the whole, the whole point of the conversation was because Nick Cage wanted to exhume the grave of the, the girl that he found. And after this, he says, bump this, 
I'm just going to go dig it up myself. So he goes, <laughs> starts digging it up, sees a burned doll. And off in the distance, he hears a crying child and just heads down to this weird underwater grave that was locked earlier, but it's like now open. And he goes in and because, you know, of course, somebody locks Nick Cage underneath this grate as Nick Cage just calls for help. And he has more visions of the police woman from earlier in the movie that now bees are crawling all over her. He sees his he sees his daughter in the car. And then all of a sudden it's daytime now and Nick Cage is just holding <laughs> on to this grate. And I'm and I'm like, guys, are you meaning to tell me that Nick Cage just held the top of a pull-up for like hours at a fucking time? <laughs> I was just like, no, well, the best part is is you don't see him like when when morning comes, you I don't see sleep him in that like, position. I was about to say, you don't see him like like with these I would have thought like with the movie, they would have had him like wrap his hands in a certain way to where he could just hang. Mm -hmm. And then he just like he just wakes up and he's like he like pulls himself out of that sort of out of that sort of like weird twist that he does. But no, it literally is like he's mid pull up the hardest position to keep in a pull up. And he's just just there. Just the whole time. Bro, bro, Nick Cage like, got lats for days from this. Dude, I was about to say, he comes out of this and he's just, everything is just normal Nick Cage and his lats are just fucking massive. Bro's got fucking wings. <laughs> he does, he just does the Bruce Lee thing where he like pulls out his like, pull that shit and you just see his fucking lats like go out like a fucking bird. So, the will I think it's Willow that comes down and rescues him. So he comes yeah. up and he's got the burn doll. And then of course, here's where we start getting like, you know, the classic lines. We, How did it get burned? 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 Oh, it, that's so great. Because I just, she's trying to explain to him and he just keeps interrupting her. And she's like, how will it, how did it get burned? Will it, will he, how did it get burned? And you're like, you're like, my guy, if you just wait like five seconds, and, she'll tell you. And Willow just asks like the normal question of like, hey, why are you looking at me like that? And I feel like the only appropriate response here is for him to say, because I'm a Nick fucking cage. I was just like, because I'm Nicholas fucking Cage, woman. <laughs> he goes away from this conversation and goes back to this house. And I believe it's over. I believe it's over at Sister Summer Isles. And she, he just starts wandering through this house and just like each door he opens is just another random encounter. Like he does one where it's like a dude lying in this bed with a bunch of warts and boils all over him. And Cage is like, nope. Cage opens another door and it's a woman covered in bees. And it's just each room is just like, what's behind door number three? And he turns the, he turns the knob and he opens it. And it's Mike's furry drawings just up in there. Hey, I, I, I showed you my deviant art in confidence, okay? There is nothing in confidence about this podcast. I am... I, <laughs> nothing we have, ever, nothing they, we have ever done in this podcast has been done in confidence. I, I, thought, I thought as a scaly, you would respect me more. 
Well, I don't. How dare you? <laughs> this is the, <laughs> a house divided against itself cannot stand, Maxwell. <laughs> don't, oh, don't you fucking use my government name. Don't you bring that shit into this. <laughs> we, don't, we, didn't, we didn't ascribe to government names. No, no, no. Okay, 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 okay. So it's... It's again just a yeah. series of a random circumstances. Just, it's just a fucking prices right scenario where Nick Cage just runs in, opens up a door, some random shit's going on, and he's like, nah, I'm good. And he closes the door, goes to the next one. Random shit. Nah, I'm good. And he closes that and he just keeps fucking going. So Cage leaves the house. This he's running through the woods again. This random smiling woman runs and it just gives me the creeps. And he goes into, I think it's the bar, and he tries to gather up all the men to finally do something about it because, you know, testosterone. <laughs> but it turns yeah, out they're just like, you know, beta simps, and they just fucking sit there. <laughs> I was about to say, dude, there has got, there is a non, I, I'm actually, I'll, I'll sit there and put my, put, put some money behind this. Like, there is no way that, that, that an incel did not watch this and just go, exactly. That is what we need <laughs> that, to do. We must rise exactly. up, brothers. <laughs> yeah, it's just some fucking incel is watching this and just goes, exactly. All these beta simps and I'm Nick Cage and uh, no, no, rise with me. <laughs> like, that's all I could think of. That's all I could think of. I was like, I was like, uh, I was just watching that this scene in particular, just going like, Man, this just got all I can think of is an incel really feeling this. All I can see is an incel really projecting here. I think at the line when Nick Cage just starts saying, How did it get burned? I think that's like what finally snapped because this is the point now when we start getting the memes of this movie. Like Nick Cage oh, barging wow. into a random house and someone's saying, like, Oh, what are, what are you doing here? And Nick Cage says, I don't need any goddamn permission. <laughs> a random girl yes. falls out of a closet. Nick Cage starts taking the mask off little girls looking for his daughter. And I, he is I, I love he got a lot. Dude, he is just, he is running like through just people's houses, <laughs> causing chaos. He encounters the dead pilot like from the beginning and these women mm -hmm. are watching him wearing these creepy like five nights at freddy's adjacent masks yeah exactly. and the best part about exactly. it is like when they go to like you know peek out of the bushes they all rise at the same time and at the same speed then when nick turns <laughs> around they just all squat at the same at the same time and at the same speed dude i'm telling you the last bit of this movie is a fucking meme that's why i was like i was like the last 30 minutes fucking comedy it's a fucking it, comedy. Dude, it is so fucking gold like cage going back to one of the women that was talking about getting a costume ready it's a bear costume and nick cage just straight up just punches this woman and takes her bear costume and he, just nick cage is just done with your shit it's just literally she's just like they're talking about her bear costume and she just turns and goes can I help you? And he just fucking just clocks her in the face. And I'm just like, damn, Nick Cage really sat there and just went, these hands are rated E for everyone. <laughs> Dude, just and then all of a sudden a random woman starts tackling Nick Cage and he 
It's the same woman that was being creepy with the axe earlier, and he just judo flips her on the table and then delivers a picture perfect <laughs> sidekick, and she just goes right say, into the wall. And I gotta say, he, that sidekick as well, the way it was uh, delivered, it wasn't like you know a in the moment front kick. No, no, no. He trained for this moment. You can tell there was like knowledge behind no, that. That was a textbook fucking Bruce Lee fucking kick, man. Just this high sidekick, <laughs> boom, and she just like goes flying and slams into a wall. I'm like, God damn. I was like, my boy trained to fight these women. And it was also here where the bear costume, like in cults, was forever ruined. Like when I went to go watch Midsummer, I couldn't take spoiler alert. Three, two, one, I couldn't take the ending seriously because the guy was in a bear costume getting burned alive. And I <laughs> I could not stop thinking about Nick Cage in The Wicker Man in this fucking bear suit. Just, You're just running here. through the woods. Just, just fucking, just, what if, and hear me out, Midsommar, but the guy in the bear costume was replaced with Nick Cage. <laughs> So if this whole movie took place with Nick Cage in a bear suit, I I would be here for it. <laughs> is walking in this line and Nick Cage is in this bear suit and then, you know, he just decides he finally sees his daughter and he just decides he has to do what he has to do and just runs up, punches a woman in the face all to save his presumed daughter and then a mob of women chase Nick Cage, which I'm sure is a sentence that is just uttered every day. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I'm sure that Nick Cage is mobbed in a similar fashion to how Michael Jackson in the peak of his career before he before he went through all those surgeries was just mobbed. I just like just like every day Nick Cage just goes out to like get get some five guys and he just gets mobbed. I mean, dude, if I saw Nick Cage in a five guys, I'd be like, just yes, yes, come here. I want to. Oh, I have so you many just start throwing, You just start throwing your underwear at him. Just being just screaming. So Nick Cage and his daughter run through the woods. And then, by the way, surprise, surprise. It turns out that Nick Cage has been betrayed by his own fake daughter. You see, she wasn't actually his real daughter. This was just all a ruse to bring Nick Cage in to be the sacrifice. Spoiler alert for Wicker so, okay. Man. In three, two, one. Okay, so in the original, so this this follows pretty closely with the original because, uh, because uh, the guy is betrayed. Uh, the kid... Is is a whole ruse to get him on the island, and he's being played. He's being played for the fool, essentially. And so, and so, uh, yeah, you know, go ahead with the uh, so yeah, he comes up and oh yeah, by the way, it's all been a ruse. Nick Cage has been betrayed by his own fake daughter, and the this there's this whole monologuing scene, which by the way, um, his Nick Cage's ex fiance is also the daughter of Summer Isle. And this is like when the whole this is when we get all of the classic memes where we are where Nick Cage starts getting surrounded <laughs> by everybody. And he, there are some there are some like un unrecognized lines here where Nick Cage starts <laughs> saying, back up, I swear to God, I will shoot you. 
and just pointing yeah, at a crowd yeah. of people. <laughs> that's, that's that's a classic. That's a classic right there. That a, lot that people, a bunch a lot of people, people talk about over. that one. They primarily look at what happens later. But I'm like that. That's also a pretty good line. <laughs> Absolutely. So they take away his bullets. Willow, like Willow, kind of looks a little bit upset about this. And all I want in this world is there to be a cut of Nick Cage fist fighting this mob of people. It's just, it's just, you just hear, you just hear like, you just hear like John, the John Wick music just start playing and you just start fucking elbowing people and fucking like drop kicking and shooting everyone. <laughs> yeah. They, they take away, well, we find out that he, they took away his bullets and Nick Cage and they all surround him and Nick Cage starts getting grabbed and he starts screaming, this is murder. You'll all be killing me. And then we get another classic killing me. Won't bring back your goddamn honey. I and then Nick it. Cage gets I- fucking kneecapped. Yeah, I saw that. They show him getting kneecapped. And I was just, it's just, it's so not visceral. It's so not visceral because it definitely looks like the way it snaps. It just looks like a fucking like twig getting bent backwards. (laughs) And you're just, or just like, or just like the, or just like the skeleton that in your like science classroom, their legs getting bent backwards. You're kind of just like, you're kind of like, this isn't really all that gruesome. It's kind of just goofy. Especially with Nick Cage's reaction. We're just like, just, Yes, this is this is everything that we yeah. needed and more. Exactly. And exactly. You've heard everyone talk about it. You've heard us mention it earlier. We get the not the bees, not the bees, my eyes. Oh, they're all up in my eyes. They put the helmet over him and he's, the bees are getting poured in. And for someone who's allergic, this is like the most passive bee sting ever. And then just to make it hurt a little bit more, they stick him with adrenaline so we'll stay alive. And they put him up in the top of the Wicker Man to burn. Yep, that's yeah. Uh, and and spoiler alert for the original in three, two, one. So in the original, this actually follows pretty closely, not with the bees or any of that fucking shit. Pretty much the whole the original one actually plays it really fucking intelligently. Mm-hmm. Where the you know so so leading up to the not not the bees thing prior to him like decking a woman or like taking a kid running with a kid through the woods as he's being chased by a mob he's following like this like 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 procession Mm -hmm. of like parade people and all of that and it's actually that actually plays really closely to the original because the original they play this fucking like full like parade up to this like up to this top of this thing and then, like, the kid is seen, and the guy, like, goes to grab the kid, but the whole scene, the guy doesn't run through the woods mm-hmm. or anything. They all, like, play him for the fool, tackle him, and then put him up there in the tower with a bunch of other people who are, like, willing sacrifices. And it's this super cool scene where the guy is, like, praying, going, like, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing as he's, like, shaking the cage. As you see him, like, the whole thing catch on fire as he's, like, rattling. It's so you're so telling me there are awesome. no bees? There are there is a distinct lack of bees. Yes, there is a distinct <laughs> lack of bees. And if you're watching this, like I watched this on YouTube, if you're watching it, that is the end of the movie. But are you aware of the other ending, Mike? Uh, what is the other ending? Um, 
and I believe this was the, the, the there apparently there are like a couple of different cuts of this movie, which I didn't know about until looking at the Wikipedia synopsis. And there is yeah. another ending. We cut to six months later. Oh, I so I saw this one in the one that I watched. Oh, and I did not realize this. Like I had to, I had to go looking for this one. But there is oh, yeah. a theatrical ending where Sister Willow and one of the other girls go out to a bar and meet two policemen, which one of the people, one of these policemen is James Franco. <laughs> That's yeah. I I literally sat there and just like I saw the sick. I was literally about to get up and just go. That's it. And then just see, and just see James Franco, and I'm just like, you have my attention. I was like, I was like, you have my undivided attention right now. Like this was like a huge because I did. I was not expecting to see him in this movie. Oh yeah, no. No, absolutely not. I was like, why the fuck is he here? Actually. <laughs> and after this, there's, you know, the whole, you know, jump scare. They just agree to go home with them. And then, you know, you're it's implied that they're going to go off into the wilderness with them and then also be sacrifices. And then we'll see James Franco get stung by millions of bees. Hooray. And that's the end of Wicker Man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, this was a this was a <laughs> long episode to record. Yeah, no, there was a lot. There was a lot that happened in the last thirty minutes. the The initial bit it was just the initial hour. I feel like we actually did a decent job of condensing because there was not a whole lot that fucking mm-hmm. happened. The last thirty minutes, however, mother of God, there was some shit that oh, went down. Jesus, yeah, it it was it was a slog to get through, but. This is just one of those quintessential bad movies that you have to see. Absolutely. This is a must see. This is a must see. Like Samurai Cop, Chopping Mall, and this are the must sees of Messed Up at Midnight for me at least. Thus far. I would I would I would have to agree with that. Well, that and Nacho Libre, because we all know that's the best movie ever well, made. I was, I was, it's not that's not a bad movie. Nacho Libre is just good. <laughs> like, it's good and nostalgic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this movie, guys, go check it out. You've seen the memes. You've heard people talk about it. We are like not we're not the first and we will also probably not be the last podcast to talk about this movie. So, guys, do yourself a favor and go check this out. Be a part of the conversation. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think about this. And oh, yeah, that absolutely. ends chapter one of Nick Cage month. And I'm excited for the rest of the month, guys. Please be sure to stay up to date. I'm excited. Oh, I know yeah. Mike is excited. And- I'm I'm so I'm so pumped for the rest of Nick Cage month. We have so much in store. We have so much of Nick Cage that we want to cover. And and we won't be able to cover all of Nick Cage. One, because there's a lot of it. Two, because we have only a month. But we'll be covering we'll be covering a solid like a solid summary of Nick Cage's filmography, and I'm uh, we're both so pumped for this, so so. Pumped. And guys, if we don't get to your favorite Nick Cage movie, it's fine. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to a lot of it, guys. We are. This is not exactly. the only time we're gonna be doing something like this. So just be on the lookout for when we do another Nick Cage month. Maybe we do another Celebrity Month. Who knows? You guys just gotta stay tuned and um, be on the lookout for that. Exactly. Be on the lookout. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this episode of Messed Up at Midnight, and we will see you next week where we talk more Nick Cage.
Strap in for the cage, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one, y'all. Bye. See you.